I'm Sharon Betters, the host of this Help and Hope podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries, and I am so excited to introduce you to my guest, Laura Story. Laura is a singer-songwriter. She has won a Grammy Award, a Billboard Music Award, and several GMA Dove Awards, and lots of other, lots of other awards. Her call to trusting God when life turns upside down has become a platform for her to encourage listeners with the lyrics of her music and her story. Some of my favorite Laura Story songs include Blessings, Indescribable, Mighty to Save, Until I Met You, but frankly, it's really hard to choose. Laura is also also an author, mother of four children, and married to Martin Elvington. So Laura, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a treat to be with y'all today. Well, Laura, one of the delights of your music is how your life flows into your lyrics. For those who may not know your story, your life dramatically changed shortly after your marriage. What happened? Well, within the first two years of our marriage, I, I married my husband, Martin. We were high school sweethearts. <laughs> we, had gotten, we had been dating in high school and then broke up and then got back together. And so after college, we were engaged and married pretty quickly. And within the first two years of our marriage, Martin was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And that was, I think that's always tough news to hear. His people who were so young and had been just recently married it was it was really tough news to to hear and kind of what ended up happening martin had a surgery a few months after after the diagnosis and what was supposed to be a 5 day stay in the hospital ended up being about 3 months because martin endured a lot of complications and and to say that things went differently than we planned is is kind of an understatement. But I, I'm sure that you know, anyone who's ever had any sort of health issue, you have this idea in your mind of, okay, we're going to get the surgery. It's going get, to get fixed, and we're going to go back to normal life. And for us, uh, things never quite got back to where they were before. And, and Martin still lives with a vision deficit and a memory deficit that, that have made our lives pretty challenging. Well, that's a perfect lead in to my next question, because of course our time is limited. So anyone, I hope that this is like salty peanuts where you just have to have have more of Laura's story. And her book, When God Doesn't Fix It, is one place you can go for the details. And I remember, Laura, you describing when um, Martin woke up and how you, you had been told he might not remember, he might not remember you. He may not, might not remember being married to you, and you share that story. And I won't give the I won't give the ending away, but I I would suggest get the book and get the rest of the story. It's really kind of um, kind of comical at, at times. But we lost our son Mark when he was 16 years old. So I can tell you your perspective on suffering. I just resonated with it, and I couldn't put it down. But when God mm. doesn't fix it, I the title really drew me. Because, first of all, it doesn't sound like a Christian title. Why did you pick that title? Well, you know, and it's just to point out, it, it doesn't say when God can't fix it. Because we, I do believe you know, that God is all-powerful. He's healer. He, is, um, he is, has a great plan for our lives. There's so many things that, that the scriptures teach about God that, frankly, when we began to realize that my husband was going to live the rest of his life with a disability um, or barring anything miraculous, which obviously God could do that. But the question in our minds was, well, if God 
is such a powerful God and has such a great plan for our lives, then why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he fixing it the way that we think that he should? And I'm sure whether it's my husband's brain injury or the fact that that your son didn't survive the car accident, things like that, those are really hard questions for believers, um, for people who, who do believe that God is the God he says he is in the Bible. Um, and, and the truth is, is we don't always know why God allows in his wisdom what he could have easily prevented with power. You hear what I'm saying? Like, it, it, knowing that God is good, sometimes it, it's hard to know why he allows such brokenness in our story. You know, the, it reminds me of in John 9, there's a, there's a man born blind, and, and the disciples are asking Jesus, why was this man born blind? And, and Jesus says, so that the work of God might be displayed through him. Well, mm-hmm. yes, because you know, that, that's one of the big, you look to the scriptures, and when you see things that are broken, the two answers that the scriptures give us, number one is that because of the fall, we live in a broken world. This side of heaven, this side of Jesus coming back, our world's going to be broken. And the other answer that scripture gives us is that John 9 answer of so that the glory of God might be displayed. And that, that's a tough answer when you're thinking about whether it's the death of a loved one or the cancer of a spouse or um, whatever loss people experience. But the truth is that it, it is the biblical answer. And so I'm learning to believe that God is either going to fix what's broken immediately because I know that he can, or he's going to give me the strength and the peace um, as my sustainer, as my provider, um, even when he doesn't choose to move that mountain the way that I think he should. I love that you picked out that passage because after the death of our son, I really struggled to reconcile God's sovereignty with his love. And at one Mm -hmm. point I felt as though I don't even know who God is anymore. And I'm a Bible study and I'm a pastor's wife and all those things. But that was kind of terrifying to feel that what, what, where is his love here? And I felt him leading me to the book of John to, if I wanted to know God, get to know Jesus. And I'll never forget that. Yeah. And you know, that gave me hope. It, I mean, it wasn't that I liked it or would have chosen it, but I thought God is perfectly good. He has purpose in this. There's purpose in this loss. Yeah. And um, that was encouraging to me. So I'm really glad you brought That's that so up. true. You address in, in that book and in, in your music even, you address uh, some of the lives that, lies that Christians believe with your own story, but also by digging into the lives of biblical figures, which I thought was really good. What has your life journey taught you are some of the biggest lies that we as Christians are in danger of believing? Hmm. I would say probably the biggest lie. It, a lot of times we believe that the whole point of having the whole point of Christianity is inviting God into our lives to be part of our story. And even though that's true, it's very true that God longs to be part of our lives and longs to be part of our story. The a more complete version of Christianity or of following God would be um, that it's about inviting God into our lives, that our lives might be part of his greater story. So it begins with that step of inviting him into our lives. Um, but really the story that he is the most concerned with is a greater story. It's, so he didn't come to necessarily bring us 
fulfillment and resolution in our lives this side of heaven. And so a lot of people, if they're not understanding the whole, you know, the, the bigger picture of Christianity, they end up dissatisfied or, you know, things aren't working out for me the way that I think that they should. So God must not love me or, or God must, um, there must be something, I must not have enough faith. And so there's all these things that we, we try to, um, that we cause us to question God just because things aren't working out and aren't resolving as well in our, in our own personal story, rather than see it as there is a much greater story being played out. And when you look at the scriptures, man, you look at stories like Joseph, where, uh, you know, we, we may read that whole story of, of Joseph and, and what happened with him. We may be, we may read it in a matter of seconds, but if you look at chronologically and, and how that actually played about in his life, it happened about over 30 years. Same thing with a guy like Moses, same thing with a guy like Abraham. It's not this quick resolution. It's long seasons of trusting God and believing that God is still good and continuing to worship God, even when you don't necessarily understand or agree with what he's doing in your life. And, and that's a, I say it, and I know it's a hard thing to say, that may be a hard thing to hear, but that's kind of that's kind of the biblical definition of faith. It's believing that God is good, even when we can't necessarily see that work He is doing, and we may not see it this side of heaven. We just have to trust Him. Yeah, it's it, it's hard. It, it's there's some hard moments, um, hard seasons, and I love how you're pointing out that these stories didn't take place in a few verses. <laughs> they took place yeah. over years, <laughs> years and God was preparing them for something that they had no idea that he, he had coming uh, down their way. But your marriage, I, and I think, and Martin's disabilities are certainly a platform for you really working out all of those faith issues. And I, I'm wondering, I'm thinking that living with someone with short-term memory issues can be very challenging. How does God use those moments to turn your heart toward him? <laughs> that is a great question. And some days we do better than others. It is very much a challenge. And uh, Martin, kind of what it looks like, it's a time deficit. It's a, it's just trouble, trouble remembering anything. And so there are a lot of frustrating conversations that we have. Or me saying, hey, I've asked you five times to do this. And I think for a while, if you were, if you were, had asked me, what's the greatest problem in your marriage? I would, both of us would have immediately said Martin's disability. But what we're learning is the greatest problem in my marriage is and has always been my own sin. That's, that's the truth of it. It's just my sin because the disability, you know, because some people will say, if I was to ask someone else, they might say, well, it's my husband's job or it's the lack of income or it's, um, this this child who's been misbehaving, you know, there's always something we can identify. But when we actually say the biggest problem is my own sin, then I can see Martin's disability as either a means of frustration or a means of grace. If I can see that disability as something that causes both of us to lean harder into Jesus, it causes both of us to show more grace to each other. Like I think about when Martin asks me something five times, that's you know, usually by the end of that, I just blow up and go, it's on the counter. It's sitting on, you know, <laughs> I lose my temper. But when I, if I really was to see my sin in it, I think the right response is that I would have five opportunities 
to respond with grace and kindness towards him. And I try to remind myself of that. I don't always get it right. But yeah, his, his disability, it's been tough in our marriage. But honestly, there's always something tough in everyone's marriage. It doesn't have to be a disability. And the truth is, it's not what, it, it's more about what we do with it um, than whatever the outlying issue is. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And, it, and I think when you start looking at life through that grid, it, it's challenging and it changes so much. But in time, the Lord uses it. He's shaping us to be more like Jesus. And those moments, Absolutely. certainly, they're part of that. I, I think that your music resonates with so many people because you are so transparent about your life. I mean, you were just very transparent and your faith journey. I can't listen to most of your music without tears. I'm just mm-hmm. so moved by it. And this morning I was listening to Till I Met You. And I was struck with the stanza, I've known rejections, I've bought the lie, I could never overcome the hurt inside. With arms of mercy, you reached for me, tore the veil away, and gave me eyes to see. Why don't you explain to our listeners, what did God give you eyes to see? Well, even in that line, it says, you gave me eyes to see that you are all I need. And the truth is, Uh, Tim Keller has a great quote. He says, any day that we wake up with a roof over our head in a country that is not at war, we are blessed. We we are far ahead of of so many others. Uh, I'm, I'm quick to, to wake up and think about how busy my day will be at work rather than waking up and being grateful for having a job. I'm so often uh, I woken up by little kids that are waking up earlier than I want them to. And I so quickly think, ah, oh, did you have to wake up this early? Uh, mommy needs to sleep rather than, um, waking up, hearing those little voice voices, remembering the days of infertility that were so hard on us. And, and so a lot of it is just remembering that truly we do have everything we need. It's, it's developing that part of gratitude. Um, and and reala- realizing that putting our hope in Jesus, it's not so much about hoping in Jesus changing our circumstances as much as it's about just simply hoping in Jesus and believing um, that we, we truly do have everything we need just by being his. Well, that, that's a perfect segue into um, my next question. So let's, let's talk woman to woman. You're a mother of four. You're a senior worship leader at your church. You're an author. You're recording a new <laughs> album. Uh, how do you manage such a full life, especially with the challenges that you experience every day with Martin's disabilities? Well, we have a great team. Everything from I have a team of people at the church. It's not just uh, just me doing the worship here. There's, there's, we have a fantastic staff team. I have a great team that helps me with the on-road ministry, and they're they're very much a family. and And uh, and then we have a a sweet nanny that that helps me at home with all the kiddos. And it's a lot of planning. It's a lot of saying no to stuff that I really wish I could do, but I just have to say no. And um, but a lot of it, I'd say, the key to it has been trying to involve my kids and my family in the ministry that God's called me to as much as I can, because they, they travel with me a good bit. And it, it's kind of weird because people go, wow, 
your kids are with you. And I said, yeah, my kids are always with me. Cause I, I feel like the call that God placed on my life as a minister and the call that he placed on my life to be a mom, I don't feel like those are separate. I feel like he would never call me to two things that were in opposition with each other. And yes, there's times that I leave the kiddos at home, but for the most part, I take them with me and we get to do ministry together. And, and I think that that's, investing them in a in a unique way that hopefully uh, will raise them in a in a way that, that, that they always know what was most important to mommy and daddy and that serving the Lord. I understand you're working on a new album and you have a new book coming out. Um, can you give us a sneak peek into yes, what we look forward yes. to? Uh, the book and the album are both called I Give Up. And it's really, it's learning that surrender isn't this bad thing that we should dread. But it really is the first step to a freer, more peaceful life when we're trusting things in God's hands rather than in our own. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for the book and I can't wait for the album. That's that's very exciting. Well, I am 71 and this season brings its own challenges. My husband and I face serious medical issues that force us to be very intentional about how we spend our energy. You know, like you said, saying yes to one thing means saying no to something else. More and more, and more of our friends are facing life-changing medical conditions. One of them, as we speak, knows her husband is going to die within the next few weeks. Others grieve over broken relationships with their children. And these are definitely circumstances that God may not fix on this side of heaven. As we close, can you speak one-on-one to that hurting person who longs for what was, but knows that it will never be again? Don't give up. You know, the evil one would try to get us to view these circumstances in our lives as proof that God has abandoned us. But that is absolutely not the case. And it is in these kind of moments that the people of faith, as we call ourselves, the people of faith have to pray for even greater faith for us to, uh, it's not about understanding so much why these things are happening. Because that's where I got stuck there for a long time. I just don't know why this has happened to us. Um, and it's kind of a, a futile question at times because it, like even if, if, you, if God was to write it on a billboard, the, the great why that you've been asking for, would it really be that fulfilling to know? The, the, the bigger question is, is God going to be enough sustain me in the midst of the hurt? And I believe the answer to that question is yes. I think sometimes he allows us to go through trials to show us how much he needs how much we need him and how much we need others. I, I was a fairly independent person before all this happened with Martin. And even for a while we were going through it and I was trying to handle it just the two of us. And we just hit rock bottom. But he, he didn't design us to, to walk through things like this alone. So there, even though um, for me, I can get so fixated on the thing that I want God to fix. Um, but what I don't want to miss is the thousand other things, the thousand other ways he's showing up on a daily basis, thousand other ways that he's working in my life that, I, that I'm missing because of me trying to control one specific situation. So I don't know if, if that's helpful, but I, I'd say more than anything, just leaning towards God in the midst of the doubt rather than what rather than our trials being an opportunity to lean away from God because it really he really is enough and you'll find yourself in the most dire of circumstances just like apostle Paul I think about him writing Philippians 
and he's in this jail cell about to see his death. And rather than saying, I'm miserable, he calls us to rejoice. And he talks about the peace of God that he had discovered and that he discovered was real once everything else had been taken away. And that's what I pray for people to find is that God, the joy that they can have in him, the comfort they can receive from the spirit, the peace that they can receive, that all of that, sometimes God allows the stripping away of the things that we think uh, are secure in this world to show us what really matters and to show us what really is real. Well, you've encouraged me so much with your words uh, in our conversation. And, and I am one of those many people that you have encouraged over the years to be able to walk by faith when God doesn't fix it and to trust him with um, everything that you just said. I appreciate it so much. And thank you, Laura. Oh, so well, thank you. And I'm, I'm sorry that my time is short today, but I, I appreciate you guys taking some time to talk. Well, it's been great. And I, I just want to tell you how much we appreciate you and we'll look forward to your new album and your new book. My name is Sharon Betters, and you have been listening to a conversation with singer-writer Laura Story. And what a privilege it has been to talk with Laura. Go to markinc.org, M-A-R-K-I-N-C.org, where we give you information on how to learn more about Laura and her many inspiring albums and books. At Mark Inc., you're going to find numerous free resources like this conversation. Each one addresses some of life's hardest valleys and each one is designed to offer help and hope to hurting people. We're able to offer these resources free of charge because people like you support this work with their financial help. If you have been encouraged by this story or by any of our resources, would you prayerfully consider giving to Mark Inc. to enable us to continue to offer help and hope to hurting people? Go to markinc.org where you can safely give. Thank you so much for listening.